0: All right. We are uh, week two without Mark, who is still on vacation. Uh, Tim sitting in again. Thank you, Tim. Mark's, Mark's birthday is actually literally Bastille. Day. Yes, uh, that is true. And uh, rather ironically, he was in Paris when all that went down in Nice. Yeah. So it will be interesting to talk to him when he gets back about the, uh, the state of the country. And uh, well, I, you know,
1: I certainly blame him.
0: <laughs> I, I think it, we, we
1: can all agree on that.
0: It's right? going to, you know, having, having been in France uh, when things go down, it's uh, Yeah. Having been here when things go down yeah. here, you know, it's uh, it's different when you're in country. So uh, yeah. it will be interesting to talk to him.
1: Yeah. yeah it, it, it's, it, the world is getting
0: smaller, and smaller It is, very much so. Very much so. So, uh, but uh, we are over here at your fabulous place in Marengo Pasadena. House. I like to call it Marengo House. Marengo House in, uh, in beautiful Pasadena. And uh, we are going to uh, go through a bunch of uh, fabulous DVDs and Blu-rays and uh, hopefully elevate everybody's spirits after what has been a a rather horrendous period of... you a know, few weeks but certainly a few days here in the United States and you, France and Turkey you,
1: you know one of the things about having been film critics as long as you and I have been yeah. film critics and you know film fans even longer so you yeah. know we're looking at you know 40 yeah. plus years yeah. <laughs> so, and watching as many movies as we do from around the world it, it's kind of like you're constantly engaged in a history lesson it's true um, you know, I, I I look at all these things that are going on in the world, and you know, it, I don't know. Maybe it's juvenile, maybe it's silly, but my mind can go to a film. My mind can go to a story told in cinema, mm-hmm. uh, relative, relevant to or about something like every one of these things. And it comforts me in this way. It reminds me that there is simply nothing new in the universe, nothing new on this planet. It's horrifying. It's mm-hmm. devastating. Uh, but it it new? Nope. Nope, not new. There's a movie about every single, every single one of these it's things. true, so, yeah.
0: and uh, history does repeat. So I don't know what that says about us as human beings, but in uh, any case. Well, before we get down to the uh, the really nitty-gritty stuff on, uh, on TV and in uh, new releases, I got a pile of uh, kid vid that I should blow through, because yeah. Mark always rides me when I do this, so... Uh, in Mark's absence, I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, you know, Mark uh, truly, absolutely hates filmation or anything that looks like it. And uh, that's why I'm just going to uh, get this out of the way when he's not around. Uh, the Tarzan animated television show. The Lou Shimer, Lou Shimer produced thing yeah. from way back. Which, uh, obviously, this was released expecting to capitalize on the new live action Tarzan. Which uh, is dead in the water now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, they tried
1: to fix that thing in every possible way that they could, including dragging Samuel Jackson into it. (laughs)
0: Uh, (laughs) And then cutting him out entirely after that first trailer didn't work. Uh,
1: You know, and and, and you look, man, there's just no way to fix that. I'm a big fan of, you know, the Tarzan, the watch. It's not that cartoon you're holding there. Ron Ely's Tarzan from the middle 60s. (laughs) That's the only Tarzan that's, 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 that's perfectly, I mean, look... Marvin Gaye, I think, was in an episode of that Tarzan. Yeah, that's how, that's how PC then. Yeah, so yeah. You know, Diana
0: Ross. Well, I was a huge fan of the books, and uh, I, you know what? Complete season one of Tarzan: Lord of the Jungle, the animated show. Uh, five hours worth of uh, of good stuff, talking apes and Tarzan and lions and swinging and the the, the yell and the whole deal. I always felt like this felt fairly faithful to the uh, to the books, uh, even though it was, you know it was a kids' show and it wasn't that well animated, but. Watching it again, yeah, it, you know what? It, it's got a, it's got a thing. I mean, it gets a little silly, like when you know Vikings show up and other things. It's, <laughs> it, 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 it does, it does verge on silliness at, at a time, but it does kind of have the burr, the the spirit of uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs. So, um, and it got better in in subsequent do, seasons. Do
1: people know that that, not from here, that Tarzana. You know, is his yeah. name, but the people know that, right?
0: I, I, I think a lot do. I mean, Edgar Rice Burroughs lived there, yeah, and yeah. that's why they named it Tarzana. Tarzana, yeah. yeah.
1: But I, I don't know. People, people, whenever I tell people that, they look at me like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm oh, pulling no. their legs. I'm like, yeah. no.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Sophia the First, uh, a show which my daughter watches on uh, occasion, which uh, comes with a special appearance by Olaf from Frozen and Merida from Brave. Um, which is the whole thing that they that on Sophia the First. This is kind of the 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 television hub for the princess industrial complex. So all the various um, characters and princesses from other movies keep showing up in uh, Sophia the First to make sure that they publicize and keep kids very much aware of all the stuff they should be buying and that their parents should be buying for them. In any case, this is Sophia the First, the secret library. Uh, and I, as much as I want to actually thoroughly uh, hate Sophia the First, I can't. I mean, is, you know, this is ninety minutes of just uh, really surprisingly good television animation, and I love that song. Have you heard the, the theme song for Sophia the First? I, at your house, I certainly
1: have. Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: it's so catchy. I like find myself humming it in
1: public. It's embarrassing. You, you said princess industrial complex. Yes, I can't. can't take credit for that. I can't take credit for that. not mine. beautiful. I love that. Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. Can't take credit for that. Uh, and then we've also got, uh, uh, still from the whole Disney thing, the uh, Mickey's Clubhouse Sportython. Uh, my daughter loves Mickey's cl- uh, uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with, you know, Mickey and Goofy and Minnie and Daisy and Donald and, uh, and, and Pete. Uh, by the way, Pete, you know, Pete the... Gr- oh, Pete. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a cat. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Did you know that? That's a cat. <laughs> I, I always know. thought Pete was a dog. Or <laughs> not. if not a dog, then a bear. Pete's a cat. Pete's a cat. And, uh, and and at a certain point, Pete did become a dog, and then they made him a cat again. <laughs> and I don't really understand how all that works. That could Disney really War. mess with some kids' heads, yeah. man. My, yeah. wife, my wife went and showed me the whole animated history of Pete because uh, she had some free time while watching this damn show at one point. Anyway, uh, you know, it's good for little kids. It's uh, it's educational and whatnot, and, uh, you know, the sporty thon is fine and themed for the Olympics, but, you know, it is. It is what it is. Whatever. Uh, i got a couple of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles titles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Beyond the Known Universe, uh, which is, uh, you know, very uh, spacey, and then uh, Teen Ninja, Ninja Turtles the next mutation the complete series this is another one another of the many many Ninja Turtles series uh, this one basically uh, live action so um, you know it's it is what it is this, this whole the whole on the heels of that Ninja Turtles yeah, movie yeah you know which, which also failed to perform I, I cannot keep track of all of the Ninja Turtle uh, incarnations and shows and spinoffs it, it gets a little bit like uh, the Power Rangers thing yeah I just I, I I realize there are wiki pages that will guide me through every incarnation, but life is short.
1: Yeah, I, I covered the junkets of just about all of those movies back in the early '90s. You know, Sam Rockwell is in that first Ninja Turtles live action movie. If you go look that up, go way right. down the, the the IMDb, you will find Sam Rockwell. Yeah, oh my God, Scott Scott Wolf. Um, uh, yeah. Code. yeah, yeah, crazy. Hey, everybody's got to start somewhere.
0: All right, well, anyway, so uh, there we got those. We've got um, a bunch of Nickelodeon titles uh, that I'll just go through real quickly. Uh, Bubble Guppies, fun on the farm. They're, you know, they're little mermaids and mermen, uh, which my daughter loves and she finds that cute. And they sing good songs, by the way. The songs on Bubble Guppies, good songs. Blaze mm-hmm. uh, Blazing the Monster Machines, talking trucks, speed buggy type stuff, you know, if everybody likes that whole scene. Uh, fired Up. It's the usual. Uh, nothing spectacular there. And then uh, also from the uh, Nick end of things is uh, a, another Nickelodeon Let's Learn release. Science, tech, engineering, math. This is volume two. Just a compilation of a whole lot of different shows. Paw Patrol, Dora, Team Umizoomi, Blaze. Uh, that teach certain lessons. So, I mean, it's a way of... Dora. Buy- Dora the Explorer. Who's getting older, by the way? <coughs> <Yeah>. <coughs> Excuse me dora and friends i've uh, also got alpha and omega the uh, that whole you know wolf thing uh, dino digs i don't know why everybody always has to introduce dinosaurs dinosaurs are extinct stop combining dinosaurs and all those dinosaurs are wrong anyway all those dinosaurs are from the old dinosaur model before That's we right. knew
1: dinosaurs were really just oh, birds
0: except except for the dinosaurs now in the new ice age which are birds? Ah, excellent,
1: excellent. Yeah. They Except got it right.
0: There weren't, but they, but they didn't exist in the Ice Age. Yeah, but they wouldn't have been birds. Yeah. They would have been dinosaurs, not yeah. birds. You know, yeah. not no, actually right. birds. You know? Ridiculous. Strawberry shortcake. Uh, Camp Berry stories. If you like the, if your kids like the strawberry shortcake series. Um, PBS Kids. We have got a few here as well. Uh, the uh, Daniel goes to the doctor from Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Uh, Out of this world, Peg Plus Cat, which we always enjoy, and uh, the O-Games edition of uh, Odd Squad, which I absolutely despise. Uh, Peg Plus Cat I enjoy just because the guy who does the voice of Cat, Mm -hmm. who apparently is a veteran uh, uh, voice guy for cartoons, it's it's the funniest voice ever. If you ever have a chance, listen to it. It's the funniest voice ever, the guy who does the voice of Cat. I'll have to check that one out. It's a good one. Uh, Let's see what else uh, real fast. So we've got uh, Miraculous. Uh, Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. This was originally on Nickelodeon as well. And... um it's kind of it's kind of a little too sexy for kids, uh, for my taste. Uh, yeah, that that cover that, that that gal's hot. Yeah, it is a, it is a female superhero thing, Ladybug and Cat Noir, and uh, but you know, I mean, I could see I could see this being like My Little Pony, where it's more grown men watching this than little girls. Yeah, yeah. Really, because I'm
1: uncomfortable just looking <laughs> at the box. Don't need don't need yeah.
0: that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we got Sean the Sheep my daughter adores Sean the Sheep a little bit less now than she did uh, originally but uh, we got Sean the Sheep the Farmer's Llama which is an all new Sean the Sheep special very funny the llamas are even funnier than the sheep if you saw a Sean the Sheep movie uh, or if you've ever seen any episode of the uh, of the show it is delightful, and this is just fantastic. This is good stuff from uh, from Aardman. You know, you
1: know, I've never seen that show. I mean, the movies, I know, of course. Yeah. Uh, how, how is the you know the stop motion, the animation yeah, compared to the movies? It's, it's, it's it not. It's,
0: metic- qu- it's not quite as meticulous ah. as the movie, but it's pretty darn good. Ah. I mean, there's a you know they cut they, some corners they, for TV. Do, 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 but
1: do they supplement it with a little bit of no, 3D? no, nothing? No, no, they just it's keep,
0: clay. It, keep it real. Okay. It is all clay, okay. man. It's fantastic. Uh, American Girl, Leah to the Rescue. uh, For, you know, if any of you have... My daughter's not old enough, obviously, to enjoy anything like this yet, but uh, she will be. Uh, Tom and Jerry, Back to Oz, original movie. Not good, I am sorry to say. It is... uh, It's sort of an embarrassment... It's just because, you know, Warner Brothers happens to own Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. the movie, from the mm-hmm. MGM catalog, and, and, the and, the and, Tom, and Tom and Jerry. So they went and they just mutilated the, the two of them in one really bad present-day uh, feature-length Tom and Jerry throwback. It's not very good. Not really worth checking out. Littlest Pet Shop, making friends. You know, these things are all the same. Uh, Sing It Elmo uh, from Sesame Street uh, is another collection of uh, Elmo adventures. Wubba uh, Wubba Will somebody come and play And Wubba Wubba Woo And I can sing And you know Elmo singing just gives me Gives yeah. me the hives Yeah But uh, You know Kids love it My daughter loved the Elmo It was one of the first things That she demanded She be allowed to uh, What hmm, I like about Elmo Is that
1: y- You Can have loved Elmo When you were a child yeah. And then your daughter Can love it as a child And yeah. if things go
0: well uh, Twenty-five years from now, we, you'll have four generations. And speaking of that, we are debating whether or not to show. I mean, she's three and a half now, almost. So we are debating whether or not to show her *The Wizard of Oz* mm. because certain things still scare her. Like yeah. she mm. will watch Ben and Holly's *Little Kingdom*, which is as innocuous as can be, because they're you know they're elves and fairies, they're little. And when the when the squirrels show up, because the squirrels are so big. She, like, you know, runs and wants to be held. (laughs) So she's a little skittish. Are the monkeys going to freak her out, do you think? Oh, the the monkeys freak me out. I'm 55 years old. So, yes, they'll scare the crap out of her. Power Rangers Ninja Storm, the complete series. Actually, I I usually make fun of these. This is one of the better Power Rangers series. Power Rangers Ninja Storm is not as embarrassing as as most of the others. It really isn't. Uh, Fighting and the costumes and everything is a lot better.
1: 25, what, 25... Years worth of Power Rangers now. Unbelievable, that That's franchise. Incredible. Yeah.
0: Uh, another Elmo, uh, Elmo's Favorite Stories. This is you know basically a reading uh, for, you know, to get kids uh, focused on their reading and reading fundamentals, and it's fine. Uh, just very educational and kind of dry. Uh, Lego, Friends, Always Together. The worst. I there, there are times when the whole Lego franchise goes completely off the rails, and this is one <laughs> of them. It's it's just it's it's you know it's five friends and these girls, and it's really lackluster and boring and dumb. Caillou still bald. Caillou goes for the gold. Do you get it? You get a theme here. There's a lot of yeah. Olympics themed stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, Caillou. Caillou uh, gets Zika. Power Rangers Dino Charge Breakout. Dreadful. Just the worst. This is running on fumes. Uh, Transformers Rescue Bots Heroes of Tech Terrible animation But you know Transformers fans I guess don't care yeah. And then the last here, The last few here uh, Also from Lego uh, N- uh, Nexo Knights I don't, I don't get it It's like the little Lego personalities Yeah, yeah. I don't get it uh, mystery, mystery to me uh, And then uh, Let's see uh, Word World Building readers It's time for school This is more kind of Preschool reading uh, Fundamental stuff And then the last two titles here, real quickly, uh, for for uh, Adventure Time fans, Card Wars, uh, is finally out. I know there were a lot of Adventure Time fans that were uh, looking forward to this. For the the strangest way, people who watch Cartoon Network, I don't know any kids that watch it. I know a lot of adults that watch it. I know adults who have dressed up as Adventure Time characters for Halloween. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I do. It's the strangest thing. And then lastly, uh, a a movie that I find. really curious it's called underdogs and i think this was originally supposed to get a theatrical release this is an animated feature film and this is going to take us into our uh, regular features here uh, this is an animated feature film about foosball characters that come to life and have to undergo a little adventure a little f- soccer themed adventure which is extremely weird um <laughs> It's, it's, it's just, I, you know, and, and some of the voice char- uh, voice characterizations here, some good talent. Ariana Grande, Nicholas Holt. Uh, I mean, some, you know, there's this, this good voice casting here, but... Uh, on, intended to be a theatrical release, this but was, not. This was a theatrical release. It well, it's directed by um, Juan Jose Campanella. Uh, who I believe is he might be Colombian. In mm-hmm. any case, this is uh, this was originally released I think uh, in South America and did fairly well. But um, you know, it's uh, it, there's there's not much to it as a movie. It's kind of a mess. I mean, the animation's good, but the story is just a complete and total disaster. And uh, you know, the the greater story basically is that there's a there's a kid who and there you know his his childhood nemesis has come back as like a world famous uh, soccer star and he's going to take over the town. He's bought the town and he's going to destroy the place where the kid beat him at foosball, right? And the foosball (laughs) characters have to sort of, you know, help him be a champion, right? Mm. That's the whole... I yeah. mean, I don't want to give too much away, but you know, somebody might enjoy this. But in any case, it's a, it's a triumph of the nerd over his you know childhood tormentor. So, or so it makes some
1: money in its, in its first release in its native market. Yeah. They bring in some uh, fancy names, there you go. dub it over in English. Uh, hopefully go. they get a theatrical release someplace uh, that didn't go. quite work out. Elvis Nixon is the first uh, Blu-ray that we have today. This was an interesting movie, 2016 movie, that I rather enjoy, Uh, Liza Johnson directed this, so we have Michael Shannon uh, Elvis, Elvis, uh, and we have uh, Kevin Spacey as Nixon. (laughs)
0: Um, It seems like See to me the casting when they announced it, and I kind of felt the same way watching it, it. It felt like just a notch off. Like, yeah, I can see both of those guys doing impressions of those characters, but yeah. I can't see them being those, those characters exactly. Yeah.
1: If this were if it were a skit, it would make just a little bit more yeah. sense. Uh, uh, Michael Shannon, for people who've never met him, we've 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 met him. He's very very tall. Oh,
0: he is. Yeah, really
1: tall. Very wiry. And this is, you know, in the 70s. And, and Elvis and Nixon, by the way, did have a weird little thing. Yeah. Um, uh, Elvis, I think, solicited him to be like a special agent or something like uh, that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just, I think he actually got a badge out of it. It's uh, or something very like that. strange. So this uh, commentary track here with uh, the director and uh, Johnny Knoxville in the movie, too.
0: Yeah. And uh, A Perfect Day by Fernando León de Aranda has a really, really good cast. This is a cute film. Uh I, I, not probably as good as it as it should be. It actually the fact that it takes place twenty years ago, I'm thinking, wow, period film. And then you look at twenty years and you go go, nineteen ninety five, wait a minute, that was just yesterday. Yeah. I'm kind of blown away. Yeah, it, it, man. All of that makes me dizzy. Ninety five was that's when we met yeah. the, before then. Yeah, no, we met in ninety. Ninety, my yes, goodness. Nineteen ninety. Oh, my oh, man, goodness. I'm giving it all away. Anyway, so, uh, but here, good cast. Uh, Tim Robbins, Benicio Del Toro, uh, and then Olga Kurlenko, if you know who she is, Melanie Thierry, French actress, uh, Féja Stukan somewhere in Eastern Europe. Anyhow, um, this all takes place uh, basically 20 years ago, quote-unquote, somewhere in the Balkans, which should tell you, you know, it's a a tumultuous period at at the time. That was, you know, right kind of on the tail end of the... uh, Uh, you know the siege of Sarajevo and all of that nonsense Uh, but it takes place over a single day and uh, these people are all uh, humanitarians and you know humanitarian aid workers in in, uh, you know trying to get their job done in the worst part of the world at that time and uh, a little bit of politics between them and it's done with a little bit of a kind of a dash of uh, mash meets uh you know, whatever else. Uh, I guess MASH is really the the only analogy you could do. Anyway, um, it comes with a featurette and some interviews and uh, not a whole lot else, but it's worth checking out. Maybe more of a rental kind of thing than uh, than to straight up own it on Blu-ray. But uh, De Aranda is a good director, and I expect to see him around for a while. Mm. Uh, I got Hardcore Henry over here. So uh, this is that sort of uh,
1: point of view, subjective point of view movie. Right, you know, right. Uh, kind of like that first person shooter. Yeah. Saw, the, saw the setup going on there which is a fairly interesting thing although it's not the first time it was done. Uh, they, they talked about it like it was like this uh, achievement. I'm telling you everything has already been done. There's a movie called <laughs> Lady in the Lake uh, Robert Montgomery film. Uh, it's shot completely from the subjective point of view the whole movie the entire time people are looking right at you right at you in the movie all the time. It's not a very good movie either, either and he cheats a lot. This is, um, this is about a guy uh, who's brought back to life uh, by his wife uh, just, in, just, just at the moment it, uh, when uh, he's, he, she's kidnapped and he has to go after her and try to save her and, and, and all of this kind of stuff. It, it is a, a pretty intense little film uh, just because of that perspective, uh, that point of view thing and the way it moves. Charlotte Copley in the film, Tim Roth, neat movie. This has some deleted scenes, uh, feature commentary. With the director, uh, uh, whose name I cannot pro- uh, 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 pronounce, and uh, I did not realize that Charlto uh, Copley is a producer on this film. That's oh, that's interesting. interesting yeah, yeah, interesting film. Anyway, um, some people talk about this as being right up there with like Mad, the Mad Max movies, Mad no. Max and I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah, no.
0: neat little movie though. All right. got a, got a, a trio here of uh, movies that are supposed to make your skin crawl and make your blood run cold. Uh, eh, not so much, I, I, I don't think. Uh, the first one here takes place in Laos with uh, Russif Sutherland as, in a, as a doctor who uh, has to go completely rogue when um, he saves a woman from being raped and uh, then has to run for his life. And uh, it is called River this was at the Toronto Film Festival last year this is from Wellgo and uh, it is uh, you know um, I guess as a kind of man on the run um, Southeast Asian variation on The Fugitive I, I guess it has its moments. Um, it's certainly it, it's narratively very very thin, stylistically very solid. So um, you know, decent uh, decent all around, but not uh, not an amazing entry in the genre. And then from Sh- uh, Shout Factory's Scream Factory line and IFC Midnight come uh, the last two here in this trilogy of, uh, of you know movies. that should be better. First one is the reboot of Cabin Fever. Uh, by Travis Z uh, Eli Roth blessed this as executive producer I hated the original and I kind of hate this it's really uh, it's the same thing a bunch of people hole up in a cabin and flesh eating virus uh, attacks them and it's it's awful Mm -hmm. and then the pack which is basically the birds except with dogs Um, you know uh, yeah so what I mean you know it, I, birds is a little creepier because yeah. they're everywhere, and, they're in, and if they start attacking us, we're finished. Exactly. Which, by the way, you know, I don't eat beef, and I don't eat pork, and mm-hmm. I don't eat anything that grows fur, mm-hmm. but I will eat birds because they are our mortal enemies, and they're out to get us. <laughs> they're dinosaurs. <And> I, fig- <laughs> I figure every single one of them that I eat, I'm contributing to the because i I'm they're, helping the cause. They're just dinosaurs, little bitty dinosaurs. So but yeah. I don't eat dogs. Yeah. Uh, Nick Robertson, who directed this, good director. Uh, it just doesn't have, you know, it's just not great material. And that's called The Pack. Uh, Pretty good cast. Hamish Phillips, uh, Annalise Phillips, Jack Campbell, and Katie Moore. Uh, I got Allegiant
1: over here. Uh, what, what was it was it was it insurgent divergent Allegiant? or, in, or divergent a, divergent then insurgent, insurgent then allegiant and, allegiant, and the
0: next one is detergent i don't know what is it <laughs> it should wash the yeah. uh first one kind of okay dug that movie I, the first one you know the first one was was okay yeah. uh, the second one i actually liked uh a pretty a, a quite yeah. a bit this i yeah. did not see because despite they, they didn't even screen this for press yeah they i know ran I, the other way i had to see it for the uh for for the show by
1: the time we get to this one these These movies are completely and totally sort of like based on CGI dynamics. It's all about just sort of like CGI things. Too bad. And it got pretty boring. This is a two disc Blu Ray uh, with all kinds of uh, of stuff on it. Uh, I mean, just more stuff that I can even mention right here. So I don't know if you if you started off with the series and you liked it and you stuck through it through the second and you feel like you got to complete it, go ahead and complete it. But you know, I wouldn't be a completionist about this one if I were you.
0: Um, Miracles from Heaven is from the uh, the same team of people that made Heaven is for Real. These guys are trying to take the uh, the whole faith-based movie thing into a much more A-list area. And uh, they're doing a pretty good job of it, I have to admit. My problem with the whole genre in general is that it is sort of a preordained um, narrative setup. You don't, people are not going in to have to to see questions asked. They're see, they're going in to see ideas validated, which is sort of anti-dramatic uh, to me. And, I agree. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're, you're sort of going in knowing that the movie is going to reaffirm what you've already decided, you know, and believe, which is sort of like you know watching confirmation bias news or going visiting confirmation bias websites, just yeah. to you know, it's you're not really going to let go. Uh, you don't want. To, you're going because you don't want to let go. So, in, in that being said, there are some interesting things here. Jennifer Garner, A-list talent. I mean, uh, you know, Queen Latifah, A-list talent. So they're they're definitely putting good actors in there to raise it that extra level. And uh, Patricia Regan, uh, as a, as a director, is a really really good choice. A very very talented director, uh, really good with actors. And uh, you know, despite the fact that the, the story is very familiar and you sort of know where it's going to go, basically have this uh, this ten year old daughter who had little little girl daughter of uh, of um, uh, Jennifer Garner in the film. Uh, has a degenerative incurable disease and uh, they you know uh, a miracle happens as you would guess from the title and um, you know it, it winds up being very, very faith affirming. So there's nothing nothing unusual there, but the performances are good. everything is pulled off credibly and there's some uh, lovely ex- uh, special stuff on here. Uh, stuff from the real girl, you know, who, about whose story this really is, and some uh, concept art, and interviews, and deleted scenes. So you know, I, I, I poke those movies a lot on the show that we do
1: yeah. for, for all the reasons that you just said. Yeah. But the reality is, there are there are lots of genre of movies that do that.
0: Oh, absolutely, the horror horror films. Yeah, uh, you, know,
1: you, you know, one yeah. way and one way or another, certainly the. Uh, the barbershop movies did yeah. they, which, they, they, we're gonna, they, which we're going to we're going to talk good about good. one of those in yeah. just a I minute. Mean, those movies are going to land in a certain spot every yeah. single
0: time but you know there's no reason to, you know, to poke those anymore than I do yeah. these you know. yeah I mean I just like the fact that they're trying now you know they didn't try before they just sort of thought all they needed to do was tread water and go through the motions yeah. now they're actually saying no we need to have production value we need to have good writing and good directing and you know good cast and A-list cast and spend some money and I respect that so mm. they're, they're, they're making an effort which uh, they wouldn't have done before Uh, Also, an "inspirate" quote-unquote inspirational true story is in the movie *Endgame*, which is one of these uh, these chess things, and about this kid who was, you know, who kind of became a uh, a a Mexican chess champion, and um, now is, you know, is trying to sort of make it to the next level. Uh, He's, you know, competing in Texas, going to uh, the the state finals. And uh, it it feels a little bit like um, there's a you know the, the the kid teacher dynamic. It's a little bit like searching for Bobby Fisher, um, with the Lawrence Fishburne character as the mentor and all that stuff. It's very very kind of a similar thing, not quite the same. But um, the only thing that makes this really more interesting is the fact that you've got this family dynamic. This kid's family is very imperfect, and he's trying to hold his family together. And chess is a metaphor for like the healing mortar for a busted up family. is is kind of sweet. Yeah. And then, as long as we're on the uh, the real life faith based thing, um boy, this is just really silly the but this is you know it's meant for families. Kevin Sorbo has become kind of a go-to guy in a lot of these faith based movies. yeah, who would have thought Hercules? He's a really, really nice fellow, and he's very devout. I've uh, interviewed him a bunch of times, too. Yeah, but who would have thought of Look, Hercules? Yeah. I'll take Kevin Sorbo over uh, Kirk Cameron any day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's taking work away from K- Kirk Cameron, good. I'm, I'm all for that. So uh, Kevin Sorbo and Lara Jean uh star in Joseph and Mary, and uh, it is exactly what you would expect. It. No, it's not about some other Joseph and Mary. It's, it's about that Joseph and Mary. And uh, you know, it's uh, all I know is Joseph was hot, and I can't believe Mary didn't do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, come that. on, man! Kevin <laughs> freaking Slobbo, I think he did it. Jesus is a young boy in this thing, and uh, you know, it it it's it's a um, it's a completely fictionalized story about you know something that happened to the family at a certain point, but it's meant to be a very you know uh, faith affirming and all of that. Anyway, that's directed by Roger Christian, who's been around a while, and, uh, you know, perfectly capable director. So that's fine, too. I got a couple of them o- over here uh, with guys who used to be movie stars.
1: So I got this Vince Vaughn film. I can remember when Vince Vaughn was an a list yeah. opened open-the-movie movie star, man.
0: That was just, it was just like yesterday. He did the just, breakup with it's Jennifer d- Aniston. It's just,
1: it's just, now he's doing these. Uh, this, is, uh, this is one of those, these movies where he's on the cover of the movie. He's, Haley Seinfeld is in the movie. It's called Term Life. He's on the cover with The Gun. He's got that Uh, gun, he's pointing uh, that gun. You can, you know, look, when that starts to happen to your career, you're in trouble. Uh, this is one where he's this guy who's uh, waiting for his life insurance policy to ki- kick in. He's got a bunch of hitmen who are trying to kill him. He doesn't really mind getting killed. Uh, he just needs the life insurance policy to kick in oh, before he gets does. killed, in there we go. so he can so his daughter can inherit. You, you got um, uh, Terrence Howard in this thing. Uh, I mean, this is like a movie full of like movie. Hey, like I said, Haley Steinfeld, Terrence Howard, T- uh, Taraji P Henson yeah. in this movie. These are all movie stars, man.
0: They're all good. They're that, that's all. That's a quality cast. This, in theory. This
1: movie did not see the light of day uh, in, the, in the theater. Uh, not much on it in terms of um, uh, uh, special features either. The other guy used to be a movie star, Stephen Seagal. Stephen Seagal film called Code of Honor. Uh-huh. So in this film, he's a guy with a gun and <laughs> 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 a attitude, he's playing this vigilante, oh, and no. he had this partner. I actually actually saw this movie. I don't. Oh, no, I know. I saw the, I saw it at our buddy Sherm's house. That's where I saw it. Yeah. Sherm was in a Steven Seagal film a while ago.
0: Oh man, uh, and,
1: and he still gets them gets them for some reason. Uh, so you know, I don't know. Uh, interesting. Uh, these these films that still sort of like have a life when you and I first got started in this building and this business. These movies would have been like the C movies, yeah VHS that kind of thing. Uh, I, I would have thought they would have went away, but they, they're still mm-hmm. hanging around
0: so uh, Scott Armstrong co-wrote and directed this really peculiarly bad search party. Um, search party wants to be a little bit like you know the hangover uh, but it really it, it, it doesn't really get there. It's just you know at a certain point chaos. And debauchery is just chaos and debauchery, and it, and it winds up being not very funny. I think the audience, you know, writ large, is
1: growing tired of it. Yeah, very I noticed, much so. I noticed that little movie about the, the, the two girls who who take Zac Efron and, and whatever goofy guy explained his brother yeah. uh, to a wedding. I noticed that tanked yeah. a couple of weeks ago.
0: This stuff gets old very, very quickly. So, anyway, uh, this is about a guy who's jilted at the altar and he runs away to Mexico and gets carjacked. and He finds himself naked, and his buddies have to come and uh, you know, sort of yada yada yada, fill in the ble- the rest. You know, it becomes just you know one outrage. It's like it's, it it is the Hangover. It's like let's think of how many outrageous things we can make happen to people and uh, pack it all together and have actors overact, and that'll be funny. Not really, not funny. Um, and then here's another one. As long as we're talking about guys who used to be movie stars, boy, John Travolta in I Am Wrath. I saw that uh, movie it was really terrible How, you know is it is it that john travolta does not know what a, what makes a good movie even at this point in his career or does he just not care does he just want to take the paycheck so that he can keep filling his jet with fuel is it, is that what it is i well,
1: don't you think about john travolta right now uh, in terms of A-list movies, John Travolta has been nothing but a bad guy for the past—I'm going to say—fifteen years. About that, yeah. You know, he, he's—you yeah. he, he, know—put on the right hair, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, yeah. and they can walk around, and be the bad guy. Uh, if he wants to do something where he's not playing the bad guy, he's, he has to go to these movies.
0: Well, anyway, the the, the, the whole thing here is he's—you know—he plays basically a vigilante renegade guy who, you know, he's—it's the—it's the dirty hairy death wish thing, right? That's basically what he is. Um, you know, his his wife is killed by a street gang, and he's got to go vigilante to you know nah. get get revenge, take him out. I mean, the only, the only thing that makes this interesting, I think, is Christopher Maloney, who's an actor I always really liked from Law & Order. Yeah. And it's nice to see him do something a little bit different and, yeah. you know, You'll see, see him show his part but... in the movie. You know what's funny about that movie? Mm. Uh, that movie, I think it's uh, Is it it's
1: a Patricia Arquette who plays the wife in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Arquette, if, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
0: I think, I think you're right.
1: And, and, and the, this movie opens, and you see her, and you see him, and you realize she's going to get killed horribly mm-hmm. <laughs> because he has to be... It's about something. And sure enough, she gets stabbed out in the parking garage like you would not believe. It's just horrifying. Oh, just no terrible. terrible. I got a couple over here that are actually really very good. Um, Jason Bateman's movie, The Family Thing with Nicole Kidman. I love this movie. Uh, we, we saw this movie for the show, too. Christopher Walken uh, in it. This was just a very, very bright movie. Uh, I'll let you describe it a little well, bit. But this, this, the, this DVD had some special features on it, including... A commentary track with Jason Bateman, which is great.
0: But worth it for that, absolutely. And you know the thing about Jason Bateman is, you know, his first um, uh, bad words, his first that film was, uh, as a director, it was terrific, absolutely terrific. A lot of people didn't like it because it had a real caustic feel to yeah, it, right? It was, this, edgy. It was this, edgy. It was edgy. You know, this 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 angry grown man who decides he's just going to ruin the state spelling bee and he's gonna, he's going to exploit a loophole. In the uh, in the rules that allow him to compete against kids, and he's just killing it left and right, and he's ruining, wrecking the whole thing. And a lot of people just didn't like the nihilistic feel of that. Like you're supposed to root for a guy who's being cruel to children and taking. It. It's like no, no, you're, you're missing the point. You're missing the
1: point. You're missing
0: the point. He it's he's being cruel to adults is what he's doing. He's getting he's getting revenge against you know I, I won't give it anything yeah. away but great movie Family Fang. I thought let's see if he's a if he's a you know if if the sophomore curse. It doesn't, man. It's a deep, smart, wicked... uh, You know, his films are so edgy. It's basically about a couple of kids, grown kids, uh, Jason Bateman uh, being the... uh, the, You know, he and... um, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman are brother and sister. And when they were kids... And you can see them as kids in flashback. They were kids. They were used by their parents for these elaborate performance art pieces where they would stage, you know, heists or tragic things or somebody was shot or whatever. And and people would be horrified until they realized it was a big fake. It was all fake. And it's really weird and sadistic, these elaborate practical jokes, which to his parents... It's just it's a it's performance art, you yeah, know. It's the is, only kind of art. Christopher Walken plays kind of one, of, one of the parents, and like yeah, really dad really, really
1: sophisticated inside thought, thinking stuff.
0: Really really smart stuff. So anyway, the uh, you know now this all kind of comes to a head later in life where they're grown and they don't want to really deal with their parents' crap anymore, and they need therapy, and they they have their own life issues. And uh, it's a, it's a really smart movie. It's really really smart. Very interesting. I also
1: have Born to be Blue here, Ethan Hawke playing Chet Baker in this movie that's just an excellent came out at the same time film. as
0: Don Cheadle.
1: Uh... The Miles Davis yeah. film, which was really sort of interesting, which was also excellent. And they're excellent in the same way and sort of for the same reason, right? You know what I mean? So, so we have Ethan Hawke playing Chet Baker. Chet Baker was an interesting guy, you know, obviously a drug addict, and you know, he played the Trump, all of that. Uh, and just couldn't stop using the drugs. You know, just yeah. couldn't stop. He had a little moment where he was an actor and he played himself in a film about him. This is yeah. this, this all actually happened. This film uh, takes liberties with that and sets itself at that moment in history. Uh, and we see Ethan Hawke playing Chet Baker, playing Chet Baker <laughs> mm. in, in the movie. And it's really, really sort of neat. And we move sort of back and forth in time like that. Ethan Hawke does a version uh, of uh, My Funny Valentine, yeah. you know, Chet Baker's version. Sure. But, he, but he does it. Ethan sings it in this film. Mm. Exquisite. Excellent, excellent. Talented work.
0: man. Uh, it's, some
1: of these actors, dude, I mean, you know, they really get on my nerves. Like, Super- yeah. I, I remember when he was a little kid. Uh, deleted scenes, uh, behind the scenes trailer, that kind of stuff. But just a really, really good movie, whether you know anything about Chet Baker or not.
0: Yeah. Sweet. All right, and getting down to the two, the last two uh, new movies this week, the two biggies, uh, Tim, the Barbershop series. You know, this so the Barbershop
1: series uh, is clocking twenty years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this series of movies, uh, um, Ice Cube yeah. uh, at, at the center of them. Dude, I got first of all, Ice Cube. Yeah, Met yeah. Ice Cube, twenty five years ago, hard gangster, gangster hard, gangster <laughs> hard, hard gangster. In, the, in 25 years, he's become, I don't know, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man or something <laughs> like that. It's just the chocolate Stay Puff. It's well, just,
0: he's just, and he was always a lovely fellow, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, um, he was always a guy who could look meaner than he was. Than he actually that that, was, that yeah. face that he puts on in the Jump Street movies. He just—he knows how to look angry.
1: He—he he, he is every bit the guy in these movies. Yeah. I mean, he's Ice Cube and that gangster and all that. That was all real. You know, yeah. he lives in those streets at that time. You and I know LA. We know those streets yes. from that from that time. You had to be hard. Yeah. But—but but that doesn't mean that you're not this guy too.
0: He's all well, and the guy in the—you know, uh, the, the, the where are we going? Where we, the, the next? The next, yeah. next Friday and yeah. Friday after yeah. the before. He's the, all he's, those. He's,
1: he's and and that watching that over 25 years and the way it sort of culminates in this film which comes back to being a community film. This is, they're just these community films. They do the exact same thing that what we were talking about with those faith-based films. Mm-hmm. Y- you know where this film is going gonna, is gonna to land. Absolutely. We're going you know, to sing We Are the World and, <laughs> and all <laughs> yeah. of that, and it, it, it's going to all get together. And it does, and it's funny as hell, like they always have been.
0: I, I, what I like about the barbershop films is that they – they have not exploited them as a franchise in the way that franchises are usually exploited, which is, hey, let's just, if, for example, like the Hangover movies mm-hmm. where you, you have three they are exactly the same, same thing over and over. They, they, there's an actual thematic progression in these films that I appreciated. When the first barbershop, I get it. You know, this is the center of the black community. This is where people go and they talk and they exchange ideas and they writ argue. Large writ, and large, writ large. And then they did another one. And I was cynical. I was skeptical. I said, okay, you're, what, are you going to give me more people talking in a barbershop? And then it opened... With that flashback and Cedric the Center, Cedric the Entertainer, and, there, and it kind of ties back into a whole mm. civil rights era thing, and it introduced a different dynamic in the sequel. And, and I thought,
1: and, and a specific thing to discuss that's still a thing relevant to the yes. community.
0: So I thought, there you go. That's interesting. You've you've just you've you've dialed it you know up a notch. You've taken this into a different place. And I appreciate that each film does not repeat the previous film, but builds on it. This this one and is speaking to some of those sort of you know outrageous, outlandish yes. violence happening in
1: places like Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and 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 how the barb shut. So so again, they see a thing, a thing in the community. They hold a mirror up. They hold a mirror up. Yeah. And they keep. They stick with the funny. You yeah. know, They're going to be funny, but they're real sincere about the thing that they're talking to, and you know they get some things. Great. No, it's, it's
0: really, like the, really it's good. like it's like the reverse of Shy This movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it is kind like, of yeah. All right, Tim, here's the biggie. Bat- nah. Batman v. Superman. Yeah. Bat- not Batman v. Superman. Batman v. Superman. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, I heard a, uh, heard a great joke the other day. So a Roman walks into a bar and holds up two fingers and says, I'll take five, please. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Zack Snyder doesn't know that. <laughs> anyway. Then Zack Snyder doesn't know
1: any jokes. No. He, bat- he should really stop making the same movie over and, over and over and
0: over. As I said the other day to somebody, I said, it's very easy to make a Zack Snyder film. Um everybody everyth- everybody walks in and uh, they, they oil up and they flex and everything is uh, hot and sexy and muscular and metallic and wet. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. It's just it's hot, sexy, metallic and and, and wet and, and muscular and shiny.
1: steeped in that sort of the, the problem of this film is that it is, in fact, a Zack Snyder film that happens to star, you know, Batman yeah. and Superman, uh, but it's a Zack Snyder film first. It has way more in common with the Three Hundred. It does, or, or or you know, any yeah, you know, no, you're punch right. Than it does any other film that, to come out of the sort of Marvel DC universes, you know,
0: such as they are. And I just want to say. Uh, I don't want to be famous for my legendary viral uh, rant from Stupid for Movies where I I curse (laughs) Zack Snyder's name. I see myself at some point being at a function and having him punch me. So I I don't like being right all the time. You can take him. You can (laughs) can take him. You can take him. I don't like being right. I'd like for him to just shock the pants off of me and make a movie, which is just astonishing where I just say, you know, I'm so glad you grew up and you made a great film and I, I take it all back. I would love to say that. I just, I just, it just isn't happening. And well, he's only ever been a stylist. He's yeah. never been
1: a storyteller. I
0: mean, the, th- uh, the Watchmen, I mean, really, yeah. I mean, how it's do true. you jack that? You know, it's right there. The, here's the thing, too. This has an extra, this has the original cut, which is two and a half hours, and then it has the 100, what is it, 183, 182 minute director's cut, yeah. three hours. Which they re
1: released for a minute or two in
0: theaters a few months back. Okay. You know, people, and, people, and some people are being very kind to this and saying, well, it explains more. It makes the movie more clear and understandable. Yeah, so is the long-form tax form. <laughs> but I would rather use the 1040EZ because it's not as hard on my psyche. The, the, you, you, it just... It, it doesn't need... If you need three hours to tell this story... You're, you, the story is a problem.
1: There wasn't anything confusing at all no. about the original film. There wasn't anything that wasn't understandable.
0: I understood. I understand exactly what's going on, and I understand that this is all silly. This should have been two hours and ten minutes, yeah. max. Yeah. Max. When you consider, I mean, it, it's just, it's. This is a problem. It's a problem. So anyway, uh, this is 4K release. Uh, it's got the uh, you know the ultra HD Blu-ray thing. And does it look good? Yeah, sure, of course. I mean this this film is like CGI'd and greased and slicked up and 4K'd out and you know to to within an inch of its life. And uh, the HDR is is perfect for this film because it's so dark and so shadowy. Yeah, with all uh, those
1: vignettes. Yeah, and... so
0: you know, so it need, it needs that. So I mean, it, yeah. I'll say this. If you want to, If you see this thing... You're going to see this playing for months on the... Uh, on television... On 4K televisions on, on floor room... on In showrooms yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Because it really... It pops. It really pops. It looks gorgeous. It's just not a good movie. Yeah. Not a good movie. Anyway. Um, you know... I, and uh, by way of extras... Uh, you know... Not uh, not a heap here. Uh, not what you would expect. So I suspect we're going to... They're, they're going to try to do some kind of a boxed set down the line... Is my guess uh, where you uh, you know they call this the ultimate edition, but I have a feeling that we're going to probably see a box set because the Superman, the the Zack Snyder Superman, Man of Steel, is coming out on 4K shortly. We're supposed to get that, and uh, I have a feeling that once that once that 4K comes out, we get Justice League 4K, Flash. Mm. We're probably going to get like a big old box set that's going to be really 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 uh, jacked up with extras. So um, you know, but otherwise. I mean, this this has you know mostly featurettes on it, and it's um, you know it, it's all it's all material that has probably been in the world someplace else at some other time. It's all EPK d- stuff. D- doing that, yeah, EPK promotion. It's all EPK. It's, all EPK. Computer, it's so. not uh, you know, I mean, it's a lot of EPK stuff, but it's nothing it's nothing to, to write home about. So. Anyway, um, Tim, let's let's dive into some TV here. Uh, I will uh, drop off first with some new titles from MHZ, uh, MHZ Networks, uh, as they reminded me. I will remind you, it is not Megahertz, it is MHZ Networks, and uh, we have Detective Montalbano and the Young Montalbano. Uh, these are uh, Italian. This is an Italian. Well, two Italian series, basically. And uh, very, very, we've talked about some of these before. Luca Zingaretti plays Detective Montalbano, and uh, this is episodes 27 and 28 on uh, this one set. He is, uh, he is tough and he is intense, and it's you know this is based on a mystery series that is uh, apparently very, very popular in Italy, and um, it's good stuff. I mean, it's really, really great uh, Italian procedural stuff uh, in Italian, of course, like all the MHC stuff. It is, it is foreign language and uh, subtitled for American audiences, and, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the whole kind of Sicilian backdrop really, really gives it a, an exotic flavor and an intensity that is pretty, pretty great. And then we have the young Montalbano, uh, which is that character before he became the current guy, and again, based on the, uh, the, uh, the, the short stories uh, about the same character, and um, this is episodes seven through nine on one disc, one set of discs, and then episodes ten through twelve on another one. Um, pretty, pretty great stuff too. I mean, it's a it's a different vibe. You know, it kind of goes back in time, and uh, before he is this you know really really gritty detective, he's um, he's just a young police chief, and um, you know trying to sort of put things together and uh, and really you know. Uh, not just not iron out the rough edges but find a way to better uh, kind of better sharpen those rough edges and and focus them and uh it's still gritty and it's still tough and it's still really cool and uh it gives you wonderful wonderful italian backdrops especially genoa in uh, in one episode the honest thief which is just gorgeous um, so, yeah, I, I highly recommend the Young Montalbano and Detective Montalbano from MHZ. Good stuff.
1: Uh, I got Colony Season 1 here. This is from Colton Cruz, the guy that did Lost uh, yeah. and, and, and stars the, the, the guy, one of the guys who was one of the stars in Lost. This is an interesting series. Seen, only seen one or two episodes of it. Mm-hmm. Set in Los Angeles, near future kind of thing. Uh, Los Angeles has, has been occupied on by an occupying force, ah. people have to make choices about which side they're going to be on. So it's one of those kind of uh, one, one of those kind of storylines. Uh, you know, the one or two that i saw was actually pretty damn good. I pref- I, I like the uh, sort of dramatic tone that it takes. Very serious. It's not like a you know, it's, it's not an action thriller sort of show. It's more like a detective show and a political drama, which brings us to um, House of Cards. Uh, Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright, of course, um, uh, Volume Four. Uh... Let's see. Uh, series 40 through 52 here. Oh, my um, goodness. I've, I've, you know what? I've only, I only watched the first season of this when I think he was still like a congressman or a senator or something. Mm. He was. I think he's the president yeah. now. Yeah. Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? The, this series went off the rails for me, and I know that it's based on a British series.
0: Yeah, the British series is really, really good. <laughs> I, I, I like the British series. The American one is, is worn thin on me.
1: It, it 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 was it was very good that you know that that first season I wa Then it went off the rails for me when it sort of it, it went sort of um, toward high satire. Yeah. When, when they
0: start killing people, you know, I think his name is Frank. When you know, when well, when Kevin Spacey just started when he when he, star- when he, when he yeah. gets. When he gets all kind of uh, campy about it, he turns into a Lex. Yeah, he, so, uh, yeah. he turns into Lex Luthor again. Yeah, it, it, Lex yeah. Luthor, the yeah. guy from that movie. Uh, you know that, that that crazy movie that he
1: made years ago. So anyway, this is still very nice. Uh, complete fourth season. Uh, not a whole lot of stuff on here. But something called the Underwood twenty sixteen campaign stickers. So I guess you know he must have ran for president. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> uh, right there. And Then we have season one of Naked and Afraid. I watched this show over at a buddy of mine's house who
0: loves this Naked and Afraid show. I can't get with any of it. Uh, all these the unholy children of the bastard children of Survivor. It's it's it's, it's a ludicrous concept for a show.
1: Number one. Uh, I mean, absolutely You know what cracks me up about this show, right? So you have these people yeah. who take them out in the middle of nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. Right. Hot, cold whatever just, just bug infested nowhere naked and they can, they can bring like a they can bring like a, a, a thing with them something you know, like a knife or a cup or something like the, the things that people bring sometimes just crack me the hell up like I brought a spoon oh, no. <laughs> like a spoon really you can give it. Geez. and oh, the, no. you know the other thing that kills me on the show they, they ne- it never seems to occur to them to make like you know shoes yeah. <laughs> you know just make yourself some shoes man Kill a a lizard and and just stick your feet in. Make something to cover up your ta-ta. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, a lot of folks like this. Season one, Naked and Afraid.
0: All right. uh, Let me blow through a few here real quickly. From the Bible Stories series, we have Joseph and Jacob. If you don't know who they are, you don't know enough about the Bible to care. Um, Ben Kingsley and Paul Mercurio in the story of Joseph, which is really just kind of weird. Uh, Ben Kingsley... You know, is good casting, I guess, for Pharaoh. Um, And Paul Mercurio, a little hard to sort of imagine him not in Strictly Ballroom, but, you know. I'm thinking thinking Ben Kingsley, Edward G. Robinson. Ben Kingsley, Edward G. Robinson. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in Pharaoh,
0: see? And then then in Jacob, you know what? You throw a beard on Matthew Modine, I guess he looks biblical. Uh, (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Why not? Uh, fair enough. He looks older. I, lo- I love Matthew Modine. But anyway, uh, it's a little silly. Laura Flynn Boyle is in this as well. Oh, Laura um, Flynn. The, the, what, what makes this a little better is, is, well, both of them, I should point out, written by Lionel Chetwynd, who is a very, very good and seasoned uh, writer. Uh, a lot of good credentials. The, the thing that sets Jacob apart uh, a little bit is directed by Peter Hall, who is a, a Shakespearean stage director. Uh, best known as the father of Rebecca Hall, who's getting quite a little profile now as a very very good actress, and uh, she's shown up in a lot of things, Woody Allen movies among mm. others, you know, uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona was yeah, that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in any case, uh, I, I don't want to rip on these too much. I mean, they're, they, they're, they're fine for what they are. So this is from the, uh, the Bible Story series. And then uh, on the classic television front, a season one and a final season of two shows that I was always very fond of, Daniel Boone mm. is now releasing all... It, it has been out before in a complete series uh, set, but through uh, Shout Factory we are now getting it in individual season sets and this is season one of daniel boone which is still colorful and gorgeous and wonderful and this is a really fun show it is amazing how this show actually holds up i'm i'm with fess parker who of course also played uh, davy crockett if you had a coonskin cap he was going to play you yeah. and uh... this is twenty nine episodes from that first year when they you know shows back then in the sixties and fifties they would do 30, 35 episodes in a year I mean they worked their butts off and they didn't they weren't you know, they didn't have digital uh, editing or, or nonlinear editing or anything. For like Basically. 600 bucks a week. Oh, man. <laughs> I like, nah. killed him. And that was before Residuals, too, by the way. Yeah. And then uh, the final season of Ba Ba Black Sheep. Uh, or, oh, I love that show. Otherwise known as Black Sheep Squadron, which was uh, Robert one of Robert Conrad's many fine shows. Robert Conrad, always one of my favorite TV actors. Yeah. All the way from Hawaiian Eye to, West. to Wild Wild West, uh, you know, and Black Sheep Squadron. I even like some of the shows that that people forget about, like uh, The Duke. Did you ever see The Duke? I
1: don't think I know that. That,
0: He was on The Duke with Larry Minetti before Larry Minetti went on to Magnum P.I. He did The Duke right after Black Sheep went off the air, where he played a former boxer become Private Eye in Chicago. And, uh, Love it already. It, w- it lasted like seven or eight episodes, mm. and uh, and then there was another show that I loved that and he was, it was on a Ski
1: Patrol or something like that. No, there was
0: a spy show, The Man from, The Man Called, oh, what was oh, that? Wow. Where he was, uh, you might want to look that up. Where where he um, he was on it with uh, Dan O'Hurlihy. Dan O'Hurley, he played kind of like the the uh, the M character for a spy organization. And I remember he'd go into the toy store and take an elevator down. And, you know, he got all his secret private eye uh, instructions. And it was a really fun show. It had had really kind of a Wonder Woman vibe to it. Mm, and that's um, That got canceled, too. But anyway... Uh, Robert Conrad, Man Called Sloane. That's the one, yeah. Man Called Sloane. Sloan. 1979, Robert- 79. Robert Conrad, fantastic. So anyway, Black Sheep Squadron was uh, is based on the true stories of uh, Major Pappy Boyington and his uh, his Marine pilot squad of Corsairs who were island based during World War II in the Pacific, and uh, they were an amazing squadron. And basically, every episode is pretty much the same. They you know shoot down a few Japanese zeros and. Uh, have a little fun with the girls back on the island and that's all you need to know uh, this was one of the first big shows created by Stephen J. Cannell yep, yep. One okay. Stephen and then would, he would go on and do a lot of other great stuff yeah
1: alright I got a couple here Canadian television series called uh, Slasser season one uh, so this is a show about it reminds me of that Scream of the, of the Scream movie set up a young woman her parents were killed in a Grizzly way in her small hometown, she returns to the hometown, and people start dying in a sort of copycat ways, and with her parents were killed, and everyone, you know, is, is, is looking at her, you know, because it was her parents, that yeah. started the whole damn yeah. thing. Um, uh, interesting storyline here. Um, uh, what do we got here? Behind the scenes featurette uh, on that, and it's a Chiller Network show, so it's an original show from Chiller. You know, just about everybody that has a streaming service is producing original content now. Yeah. Some of which is, which turns out to be pretty good. So that's a Chiller Network show. Another one is The Magicians. I've seen this show. This is actually pretty good. I I, I kind of like it. So it's set in a world. Um, it's, you know, I don't know, for people, say like Harry Potter fans who are a little bit yeah. older, right? So it's set in a world, the normal sort of world, but in this world there are people who have magical powers, yeah. who are magicians. And there's a college, a university, kind of like that Harvard thing, you know, like that. Yeah. And where, where, you know, if, if, you, if you are cited as one of these people, you're drawn into this university, and, and so you have these kids at this university doing magic and solving crimes and all that kind of crap. And then the best of all of these from the BBC, season four of Orphan Black. I believe she just got herself another yeah, Emmy, Emmy nomination, nomination just the other day, if I'm not mistaken. First yeah. of all, she's astounding. My little brother yeah. turned me onto the show three or four years ago. Sure. Uh, I knocked out two seasons of it uh, in, in one sitting. She's just amazing. She plays keys one, two, three, four, five six characters, I think one of them got killed a couple of seasons ago, so like five characters and she really does delineate between these yeah. characters and she kills and spies and underworld and government programs, also coming out of Canada and the UK, Orphan Black uh, special features on this back to the beginning uh, so it recreates season one uh, the clones of season four uh, the special effects of season four and I look inside each episode
0: so the uh, real quickly, uh, Red versus Blue, the uh, which you know, if, if you guys are into any of this kind of cyberpunky video game stuff that they've been doing on Red versus Blue for the longest time, uh, they just keep cranking them out. So we have Red versus Blue, the Chorus Trilogy, seasons eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Uh, it, it, you know, to me, it's just, uh, I don't know, this is just, it, you know, Microsoft Studios deeply involved in this. I never really got this. It still doesn't make sense to me, but it's a nice set, nice packaging. That's a good-looking box, it's man. good-looking box. So if the box means something to you, go for it. Uh, the dresser didn't really need to be remade. The original film, the Peter Yates it's film. just extraordinary. Albert, Finnet, the, Albert Finney, uh, D- Tom Courtney amazing movie. At the top of my list of sort of British dramas
1: from that like, wonderful uh, early 70s through late 80s period that's one of the top of my list.
0: But if you're gonna redo it they got a good package to redo it. Richard Ayer directing Richard Ayer of course did uh, has done a number of fine British films, including uh, Iris, yeah. which is uh, which is lovely. And then uh, you know, what actors are you going to get? Let's get Ian McCallan and Anthony Hopkins. No, you could do worse. Yeah. Uh, are they as good as Courtney and Finney were? They're different. I don't want to say they're not as good. they're they're different. It's a different interpretation. And if you've seen the original film, it's a little bit hard to um, to sort of uh, make the adjustment to to make the jump. but, Um, It's still great material, and it's still nicely done. I don't think it needed to be redone, but if you love these actors, you're certainly not going to be disappointed. And uh, then here's what really disappointed me. So, Tim... I get this I get this uh, press release right in the yeah. in the email, and it says a DVD release coming of Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. Yeah. I started sweating, I yeah. was so happy. I loved Electra Woman and Dyna Girl As part of the Croft Super Show when I was a kid. I thought, oh my gosh, you had Dr. Shrinker and the the, the, the far out space Nuts and the original Ghostbusters and Electra Woman and Dyna Girl was the best. I loved Electra Woman and Dyna Girl. It was like Batman and Robin, except they were women in Hot spandex, yeah. and yeah. I loved it especially and then at one point I had a car accident I had some soft tissue injury in my back I went to a chiropractor who was working on me and we just got to talking somehow we got into me being a film critic and he says "Oh, you know my wife my, my wife was an actress I'm like really he goes yeah she did a few things like this a TV show called Electro Woman and Dying Girl and he started I was like well, wait wait <laughs> she, did, she, did, she, did, she did what she was on Electra Woman and Dying Girl I said who who, 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 are, who are she she goes do you know the show? She, she played Dinah Girl. Wait, 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 what? what, what, what? you telling me my, my chiropractor is is, uh, mm-hmm. is, 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 is uh, Dinah Girl's husband? What are you telling me? He pulls out his wedding photo. He goes, yeah, here. There. And there is my chiropractor with the, with his, with his you know, my goofy chiropractor with the curly hair standing next to like Dinah Girl mm. in a wedding dress. Well, and he worked I on my back. I, I, it was the, one of the greatest moments of my life. And I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I love that show, too. Yeah, you know what? No. It's, it's not the original show. It's no. a new one. One. yeah it's a new one yeah it's a new one they redid Electra woman and Dinah girl it's not, the same. it's not the same it's not the same grace helbig hannah hart they're perfectly fine actresses i have nothing against them but this is not the this is not the original this is not this is not it the original is not on dvd but this remake thing this weird unnecessary remake is uh is on dvd and i don't understand why they did that uh, I have the third and final
1: season of Bitten, another Canadian television ah, series. It's yes. so one of these werewolf things. Uh, kind of a neat show, actually. Saw one, one or two of these too. It's about this young woman. She, uh, she, she, she wants to get out of that whole sort of supernatural, crazy uh, family pack werewolf thing that's going on. So she goes to the city. becomes a photographer. She's very successful. Then her pack, the people from her pack, her uh, starts to start coming up dead. Uh, so she has to go back because, you know, her bloodline, she's the strongest wolf, and the strongest yeah, yeah, she-wolf in yeah. the bloodline. She has to go back and, and protect her Kind of neat so far as this stuff kind of goes. Looks good, too. This is the third and final season of Bitten. Got some deleted scenes, extended scenes, and a look at the final season featurette. Fabulous. And Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, five kids, two sitters, one fairy. So this is a television series based on the movie right. of our youth, uh, remind me of the name of the actress who I fell oh, in Elizabeth love Shue. with. Elizabeth Shue. Man, I like. I had a thing about her for like fifteen years. She Went
0: from that to a Karate Kid. Well, I think she did the Karate Kid first, and then she went to Adventures in Babysitting. Right. But, yeah. but then, of course, you know, uh, Leaving yeah. Las Vegas, Leaving Las the Vegas, Trigger nomination. Effect,
1: and, uh, and yeah. uh, you know, you know, Hollow Man just so was nuts about Elizabeth Shue for so many years. What the hell happened to her? Where'd she go? She married uh, what's his name? That
0: director and uh, Davis Guggenheim. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, Who won? You know, won the Oscar. Well, from, yeah, you uh, marry
1: a Guggenheim, what the hell are you going to hang around and making movies? For? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's stupid. Anyway, neat little, neat little television series, sort of based on that. Uh, cute uh, some, some outtakes and never
0: uh, seen before cast bloopers and crap like that. So, uh, last thing on television, and then I got a couple of animated things, and then we we're going to wrap this show out. America's Test Kitchen, season sixteen. Uh, which, this thing just keeps on trucking, I guess, because people just keep eating. Uh, you know, I guess that's not going to ever go out of out of style. If you want to make money, I guess food is where it's at. That's where it's it, at, man. It, food is never going to be obsolete, Whole right? networks, whole channels. Unbelievable. I love cooking. So, uh, this is I, not... I would do one. I, tell me, they're not, I've
1: never had an original idea, so... That. There, there must be a cooking show that's nothing but fried foods.
0: I'm sure like the you know, whole damn show. I'm yeah. sure there is. Uh, the one I used to watch when I was uh, younger is that guy from Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, that, that big, th- big, big Paul Paul Perdue. No, not Paul Perdue. Not Paul, Paul Perdue. This guy. What was this guy's name? This was a. This is a big fat Cajun guy who'd sit there. Basically, every single. I think it was on PBS. Yeah. Every single episode was him in his backyard which is basically a bunch of weeds and with a with a, with like a big drum sitting on top of a fire and he's just throwing stuff into it and boiling it and then you know it's like hey, well, I'm going to throw in a crab. Now I'm going to throw in some you know, some sea <laughs> sh- shells and a, and a rock and some weeds. And he's just dumping stuff into this vat of boiling water. And it doesn't even look like a like it's made for food. It looked like like a drum, right? Like like yeah. toxic waste came it, in this it originally. It and he just kind of cleaned everything. it out. And he puts it up on top of some some coals. And, and he just gumbo. Bo- and he gumbo. boils a bunch of stuff cut to this amazing mm-hmm. spread with food on it and, and, you, and you just think man you just boiled a bunch of stuff and now <laughs> there's a spread and there's something happening in between, in between. that you are not sharing with me yeah. Yeah. found this out back uh, yeah. well anyway yeah. so America's Test America's Kitchen, test kitchen. Continues to be a really, really good show. I, I make fun of these things, but there's a lot of wonderful stuff in here. Uh, and it's really well produced, but the food is what you see this for. And the food, oh, my gosh, the food. There's a chocolate caramel layer cake uh, that is just, it's, it, it will make your eyes bleed. It, is just, it hurts so much looking at it. Um, wonderful, wonderful uh, sweet and spicy Asian food stuff in here. Uh, the, uh, the one that I probably like the most Uh, is the uh, grilled chicken and salad with a kick, which sounds dull and boring, but my goodness, it is wonderful. Uh, So there's some really, really good stuff in here. Spanish chicken and Israeli couscous, also really, really good. A lot of great dishes. So that's America's Test Kitchen, season 16. And then uh, some animated stuff we should make mention of here at the end. uh, When our our good friend Ray was on the show last as a guest, we uh, allowed him and his alter ego to uh, slam some of the releases from the Depati Freling collection, a mm. collaboration between David Depati and Frizz Freling uh, that was produced by the uh, the Mirisch company at the time, because this is you know when they were doing the uh, the uh, Pink Panther animation and uh, the uh, Clouseau animation, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I really actually like this stuff. I think Ray was a little tough on it. This is all late '60s, early '70s, and these two newest releases are uh, Tijuana Toads and Roland and Ratfink. Uh, Roland and Ratfink is actually a lot of fun. Has kind of a kind of somewhere between the uh, the Pink Panthery uh, Clouseau cartoons and. Uh, uh, Coyote and, and Roadrunner so, uh, but I, I still like the animation I think it's got a great late 60s, early 70s vibe to it, the, uh, the style the colors, the, the really uh, in, intensely well drawn and very, uh, very sort of angular and, and uh, sometimes curvaceous um, artwork, I think it's a lot of fun good audio commentaries on some of these uh, from Mark Arnold and uh, Jerry Beck and uh, Art Davis, all of whom you know are uh, are historians and archivists for for this kind of stuff, and, and a couple of documentaries on each of them, uh, all about the uh, the um, collaboration between Depati and Freling. So, mm. I actually uh, I actually enjoy this stuff. Uh, lastly, here I have the Boy in the World, nominated for an Academy Award of, what a year yeah. ago a year
1: ago, or so, yeah. a Brazilian uh, artist. Uh, this film is astounding, and I, and I like it because it's a it's a walk down a different path than the sort of standard American yeah. fair, the sort of Pixar, Disney, yep. Warner Brothers sort of fair. Uh, the, the, the art is very austere and period. it's about a little boy who follows his father off to the city and it's about that battle between small yep. towns, small places, villages and the city and and, and and how he comes to understand the world as just all the while, like literally explodes yeah. some time,
0: sometimes in animation, it's, it's, it's a, colorful it's, a, it's bright, it's beautiful it's a wondrous, wondrous film and it's all hand drawn animation, yeah. it's not a CGI thing and this actually came on our radar. It came on everybody's radar at awards time. Nobody was really aware of this. I mean, we were all looking at the usual, you know, the Pixar yeah. and the studio stuff for for animation. And then this showed up as a screener, and everybody it, just went and everybody nameless. just went nuts for it and just said, "This is wonderful and magical and uh, completely different and innovative and original." And uh, it just it, it takes you into a wondrous place. I just love that hand-drawn animation, simple
1: animation with simply formed characters and a, and a fantastic palette can that, still find a
0: place. And something that's not CGI, not American, and not animated. That it's from another part of the world, and represents a completely different cultural window. Um, you know, funneled through artwork and animation. It's 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 wonderful. We just don't get enough of that. So, uh, and South American animation. Who knew? You know, it's just it's really wonderful and impressionistic. And uh, and I'm so glad it got an Oscar nomination. So, Ale Abreu's Boy in the World Blu-ray, DVD, and Ultraviolet combo set. With some really interesting making up stuff on it, for sure. All right, Tim, thank you. I think, oh. we'll, I think we'll have you here one more week before uh, Mark comes back and yeah, gives we'll us let the him, scoop. We'll so let him settle down. We'll, we'll let roll. him chill down. All right, we will uh, see you guys next week.